Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. Welcome to The Sweat Room, everyone. We are so excited to have you back for another episode this week, where we will be interviewing an awesome guy that Noah will tell us about later. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that if you have not yet subscribed or followed this podcast, I encourage you to do so, so that you'll receive our updates every week when we put out new episodes. If you could rate and review our episode, that would be a ton of help for others as well. It will help them find our podcast and learn more about it as well. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. Now, Noah, who do we get to interview this week? Yes, we are so excited for all of you just to hear from the Buffalo Sabres chaplain, Kevin Beers. Not only is he the Sabres chaplain, but he holds a pretty special place for us because he's one of the pastors at Watermark. And we've gotten the privilege and honor just to know him. Bjorn for the last few years, for me, the past few months. But we're so excited for all of you to hear this interview today. So here's our interview with Kevin Beers. So welcome to the sweat room, Kevin Beers. Not only is he the voice of our show, but he is also much more than that. He's from Western New York. He grew up as a pastor's kid and he's a fourth generation pastor. Uh, and he's currently a multi at Watermark Wesleyan Church as a multi-site pastor. He's on the executive team leading our campuses, campus pastors, and overseeing our incredible communications team. He graduated from Houghton College. He's been married for 16 years. That's awesome. His beautiful wife, Becky, and father to two kids, Isaac and Isabel, and he's currently the Buffalo Sabres chaplain. Please welcome Kevin Beers. Hey, guys. Great to, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're so excited to have you on today, Kevin. And your name was a no-brainer when we were thinking of people that um, could share some insight into how the world of sports connects so closely to our spiritual lives and how, you know, just the gospel changes everything and even how we watch, play, coach, all of that in sports. Um, so to start off with something a little fun here, as we mentioned, you've been in Buffalo for, for a while now and you've been, you know, working at Watermark specifically for, for 15 years what is one of your favorite Buffalo memories? That's a great question. I'm a huge sports fan. I love the Bills. I love the Sabres. I, I love going to Bison's games. I've been to so many throughout my, my lifetime here growing up here in Buffalo. I tell you what, probably one of the my biggest memories, the years that the Sabres went to the NHL finals in the late 90s that was just ridiculous to watch on television I didn't get a chance to go to those games but I remember having cookouts with my friends and literally like every other night it was like the beginning of summer right because it's usually like June or you know the end of end of spring where the weather's great and we're just like watching hockey like crazy together um um, that's one of my fond memories. Obviously the outcome of that series was not my favorite. They should have won the cup that year. Yeah. That's one, but, but, uh, another one for me, I remember when I first started working at the hub, our youth center, and I had a connection with the then chaplain of the bills. And I remember he called me up and he said, Hey, do you mind if some of the guys during minicamp just come over and shoot around? And so a lot of the bills players would come over and just shoot, play ball, pickup ball, whatever. And then I got to know a couple of the guys over the two or three weeks that they were together. And I remember they said, Hey, come, come out and play knockout with us. 
So I remember playing knockout with like Trent Edwards and oh, man. Um, Lee Evans and like all these Did guys. Did you ever win? That's the real question. Three guys. N- no. I never won. These guys are ridiculous. I'm, I'm a pretty good basketball player, but they were like, no, we don't shoot from the foul line. We, f- we shoot from the three-point line. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, take so, it to the next level. <laughs> so it was like Paul Puzlesny, kind of that, that era, kind of the 2006, 2007 era. And there was about 30 guys. Freddie Jackson, all those guys wow. were in there just so, playing Kevin, ball. Is there, a, is there a guy that you played with that you remember was really good at basketball? Like, was there, you know, one or a couple that sort of stood out or were they all pretty decent? All of them. They were just ridiculous. Yeah. They were just oh, like, I, I didn't last two rounds. Like I made the first one and then I was just done and they're so quick, but probably, probably that's one of my personal stories. Just playing, uh, playing knockout with some of the bills back in the day. That is awesome. Well, Kind of just transitioning to the next question. How's God used sports in your life growing up? Yeah, well, growing up, uh, I grew up in East Aurora, and I was a big baseball player in Little League. And and the story there was you know, my, my dad and his whole family, they all were just natural athletes. And so I, I could throw further than anybody and just hit, and I was super shy. So I didn't have an ego. I was just like, okay, I'll just play. And I remember, you know, multiple years playing baseball and, uh, my coach, you know, would always just say, Hey, man, Kevin, I would love to have you play football, like be, be on our little loop football. Again, I'm like third, fourth, fifth grade, <laughs> man, you can run, you can throw, you can be quarterback for us. And I, I was like, I don't want to get hit. Like I, I just want to play baseball. And, sure. and, uh, I remember a significant conversation at the end of the season, and, uh, you know, I think our team just won the championship for, for little league. And my coach says, Kevin, if you play football with me and I'll be your coach, I'll come to your dad's church. And I was like, what? No <laughs> he knew that he knew that I was a pastor's kid and my dad was a pastor in town at the Wesleyan church. And, and so I was like, okay. And so I ended up playing little loop football and, and he started coming to our church. And next thing you know, he accepted Christ, him and his family, and they started growing in their wow. faith. It just was this story beyond stories. And so that was like my first big interaction with how God used sports just to change people's lives. And then I began to love football and got to know a bunch of families through that, our families. And it was just amazing to be a part of that. That is so cool. Yeah, I, I just, I love how sports can can really bring people together in ways that, that maybe some other things can't. And it's, it's not that it's better than other things. It's just, it's different. And it's, you know, it's so cool to, to hear that story. And man, I've, I've never seen church outreach happen like that of having pastor sons <laughs> playing football teams, but Hey, if it works and makes an eternal impact, then I'm all for it. Uh, so Kevin, I I've, I've known you for, for a few years now, and you've always been somebody that, that I've looked up to myself. And I know that so many people do, um, in our church and you've been sort of that role model for so many. Uh, but for you, um, over your years, has there been anybody that's been a real role model to you? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I, I'm humbled by those, those words. And yeah, I, you know, I, I'm just, for me, my dad was my huge role model. Um, he was a, a, just an incredible guy who, who knew what it meant to be on mission every day and was always creative in how he could reach people for Jesus. And he used sports as one of those things. Um, my dad, 
I mentioned to you guys before the interview, uh, he purposely would join the bar league, uh, softball league and in town. And he would just do that just to build relationship with guys. You know, there was a church league, there was a Christian league, but he said, you know, he saw how God used sports ministry in his life growing up and, and the impact, like you said, the connection of people, the camaraderie that goes with that and the influence that you have, even just by how you play. And so people began to notice my dad, you know, how he played and, and he, he could just destroy a softball and wow. just had an incredible arm played third base. And I remember going to games when I was a little kid and I learned how to keep the scorebook for him. I mean, I was probably seven, eight years old, just watching my dad play and, you know, having conversations about this isn't, you know, the, the, the language of some of the guys, cause these guys are drinking on during the game, you know, and attitudes and stuff. But my dad was coaching me the whole time and saying, this is why I'm here. Like, this is where Jesus would be. This is what it looks like. And man, I remember just hanging out after the games in the parking lot, even as a little kid, guys are drinking and not, you know, not nothing horrible, but the conversations that my dad was able to have and guys began coming to my dad's church and praying to accept Christ. And so for me, that was like, those are pivotal moments. And then I saw that play out in my life. Like I just shared, I said, man, God, God knows what he's doing. He's not going to waste a moment that, that, how I play and, and the way I play mm-hmm. and the way I learned my, my dad, just watching him like, this is worship. This, this mm-hmm. is church to some people in a way that maybe we've never thought about and, and a step into a relationship with Jesus that maybe they would never take otherwise. So my dad was, was crucial in that. And then my youth pastors growing up, um, particularly my youth leader, uh, who was a big Sabres fan. I, I didn't play hockey, didn't know anything. We used to play NHL like before councils were a thing. And so he'd teach me all the players and everything. So I look back now, back when I was like in you know junior high or whatnot, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like what God has opened up and just all the doors for every avenue of the sports I love and how I've been able to step in and just speak life into some of these players. It's been awesome. That's so good. And following off that, how is God continuing to impact your life, particularly through sports? Well, it's kind of a full circle again. Now I'm coaching my son. I'm actually a coach for his little league team in the community that I grew up in, just moved back uh, about four years ago. And as a result, I'm able to influence not just my son, but his friends and to lead them and coach them the same way that I was coached. And to be able to build relationship and connections. And even this last year was just asked to be the commissioner of our little league program here in East Aurora. Congratulations. Yeah, that's thanks. It's been an interesting season. My first season with the pandemic and everything, we're not playing, (laughs) but, um, but just to be on that team, that board and to just think through how can we lead and love the community and all the families that are represented here. Um, so it's just kind of being faithful with little things and God has opened up doors to be able to, uh, make these kingdom connections for him. Absolutely. That, yeah, that is so good. And I, I love, I love that you get to coach your son now. And, and that, you know, I think speaks a lot to what our vision here is on, on the, on the sweat room with our three G's, get it, got to give it. And, you know, you learn from your dad through mm-hmm. sports and what he taught you and in sports and other avenues of life. And now you're at a point where, you know, 
you've learned a lot of things and your, your son is growing up and he's at an impressionable age and, and you get the opportunity to share some of what you've learned with him and not just about God, but also about things that you love like sports and mm. how, you know, playing baseball can be such a great stress reliever and outlet and relationship builder and just how it can be used so powerfully in ministry to meet people where they are. And, and I love that, that you've done it in a way that the people you coach with and, and everything, they respect you enough to make you the commissioner of the league. And that's just such a testimony to, to, to what your dad has taught you. And now again, how you're, you know, giving it to your son and those others. So that, that's so cool. Um, so we mentioned in the intro that you are now the chaplain of the Buffalo Sabres. And you've mentioned how you've loved watching the Sabres growing up and them in the playoffs and everything. What's it like being the chaplain of the Sabres? It, I'll tell you what, it's a, it was a little surreal at first, obviously. Just kind of a, what? Like, is, is this even real? Is it possible? But I'll tell you, it's, it's, I am so humbled and so honored. Um, I, again, just like I mentioned before, just being faithful with little things and uh, just understanding that people are still people. Doesn't matter if you're an athlete. Doesn't matter if you're not. You know, if you're just somebody walking down the street. That people are still people. We all have needs, and just relating to people that way. I know even one of my biggest, you know, growing up, one of my biggest uh, stumbling blocks was what would I do if I saw like my favorite athlete in person? You know, like I, starstruck, couldn't say anything, and and yeah. and. And, but little by little, God opened these doors, um, connections when I was a little kid of being able to go to, uh, some of these, uh, actually it was athletes in action kind of football camps, just helping my dad with technical wow. stuff where they're professional athletes, some Buffalo bills players, including Frank Reich and some guys who are coaches now that would share their testimony, just kind of hearing, okay, there, there is a personal side to them. Sure. Um, yeah. and then relationships with other athletes that I got to know and then being able to speak at a couple bills chapels. I mean, that, that to me was a huge milestone to understand, okay, it's not just preaching or giving a message, but now it's to, it's the guys that are literally 24, 25, 26, sometimes mm. 28. And so these little steps all led over the last man, 20 years of my life to be able to step into this opportunity and then see how God had connections there that people I knew and just, just be me. That's what God was saying. Just be you and I'll, I'll direct the rest. And, uh, so did you have any nerves? Did you have any nerves your first time giving your like first talks to the, both the Sabres and the Bills? Of course. (laughs) So, right. It's that, that moment of, oh gosh, here we go. But once you get going and then you realize they're just like you, um, Mm, you my goal as a chaplain is to be able to just serve these guys, everybody I work with, and even the staff of, Pagula Sports Entertainment. So I currently do a, a Bible study typically every week with the staff and typically depending on the schedule of teams are on the road or whatnot um, with, with whoever wants to from the players. Usually there's two guys um, that come out um, to a, just a regular, we call it a chapel, it's a Bible study. And we just, you know, just like a small group that you would have and be a part of. What does it look like? How can I be praying for you? Let's look in scripture together. Let's encourage each other. And uh, so it's just been, it's been awesome to, to just say, how can I give, how can I serve you? Cause everybody else in your life is asking from you or wanting something from you. Mm, yeah. and I, how can I be 
like Christ and just say, I'm here for whatever you need, even just a listening voice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. Even though this has been my first year and the season was a little different than normal because of everything going on uh, with the pandemic, sure. but, uh, but even more so connecting with these guys and processing with them through this. Um, and even with the staff. So it's been awesome. I, I've absolutely loved like getting to know you and Len because I, I, you guys have just the same heart with that. It's because I think between the NFL and NHL, just as a professional athlete in general, it's like, Hey, gimme, 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 you know, and you guys are, how, how can I serve you guys? And I love that posture. And it's, it's, it's very re- relevant in how you guys lead just even as you as a pastor with us, you know? So I really appreciate that, Kevin. I appreciate, you know, even just the opportunity came. One of the first people I called up was Len. I'm like, Len, I've never done this before. So he to give me some insight. And he was just super helpful. Kind of what I was thinking, just give me some clarity and just encouragement. And uh, so it's been amazing. Again, those kingdom connections that you're just like, okay, God, if he asks you to step into something, he's going he's gonna to provide the resources and provide the way. Totally. Yeah, that's so good. And I, I, I just, I hear such a posture of, of really your understanding that small steps of obedience today can have such an eternal impact tomorrow. And, Mm. and I see, you know, 15 years ago, you didn't say one day I will be chaplain of the Buffalo Sabres. You know, it wasn't something that you were striving after. It was something that, you know, through the last however many years you were being obedient with where you were at today and in the short term and, and, and things fell into place. And you said, okay, if this is what God has for me, then that's the step I'm going to take. And I just, I love that. There's so much power in, in really that listening spirit of, all right, Holy Spirit, what, what am I to do today? If that's to coach my son in baseball, or if that's to preach at a church, or if that's to be the chaplain of the Buffalo Sabres, or whatever aspect, you said, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm willing to do that. Uh, and that's just, that's so impactful for me. Um, and it helps me to, to reflect on myself and say, Bjorn, you don't need to worry about the future. Like God's in control. And if you can follow him today, then the future will, will pan itself out and you'll be in the heart of his will tomorrow. Yeah. So I just, I thank you for that. That's so encouraging. And no, I thought you, you may have had a, a follow-up question here for him. So what have you learned since entering the role as the Sabres chaplain? I've learned a lot about just the NHL compared to the NFL. I've never been a chaplain for the NFL, but have, again, have spoken a handful of times at, at different chapels and, uh, you know, friends with people who have been chaplains there, but NHL is just a different, the NHL is a different world. Um, obviously the schedule, the rigor itself is one of the reasons why there's a lot of players typically, um, in the NFL that they're outspoken in their faith. There's not a lot in the NHL. And I think part of the reason why is because just the kind of the culture of the NHL and, and hockey in general, when I say that most of the guys who grew up in the NHL grew up on skates, right? So they, they literally grew up every weekend of their lives, either on travel hockey teams or coming back from travel hockey and, and so they have never experienced a Sunday service um, because of this and, wow. and just always are on the go playing hockey is their life. And actually even starting younger, right? You can, you can be in the world juniors right out of high school. Uh, so college isn't even a necessity. Wow. So, um, and as a result, 
hockey is just not, it, it just doesn't have as much outspoken faith. There are players that have faith. I don't want to just paint a big broad brush across the whole league, but it's just hard to find. Plus there's not as many players on a roster in the NHL. Uh, and then you look at the NFL, most guys, all the guys come out of college pretty much. And they grew up in the South where it's the Bible belt. And they had a regular rhythm even there where they would play on Saturdays in college and Sunday they didn't play. So they would go to church with their families or whatnot. Majority, not everybody, but in NHL, because you're on the road so much and, and you grew up not experiencing church and your schedules are different literally every week, you could be on the West coast for two weeks straight. Um, and a lot of players are foreign or from the North. And so there's just not a lot of faith in the culture that they grew up in their own family. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. And so it's just, and when, when I first stepped into the position, just asking, what is it like? You know, it's just very, it's darker. It's, it's dark compared to that of the NFL and, and guys who, you know, they just know in their routine, they have chapel on Saturday night as an option. Most teams, and, and at least one of the coaches has an influence, you know, that, that has a faith, but it's just not the case. And so really it's just kind of seeing the kingdom connections happen uh, with this organization called HMI hockey ministries international, where it's some former hockey players who just said, we want to reach out and we have faith. We want to invest in the next generation. And so they've established these summer camps and they've also established this network, which is really a kingdom network of people who like myself who have a faith and said, we want to step in and serve those who are players in the NHL and actually 31 different leagues globally. NHL is one of 31 leagues that NHL is connected with, that the NHL is connected with at HMI. Wow. So um, they're, they're trying to do, and they're doing a great job of just connecting players to people who uh, have faith and, and just helping people walk with other people. In fact, a great example is this last season. Um, I got a call from a chaplain in the West coast who said, Hey, I discipled this guy, led him to Christ. He's coming your way. He just got traded coming to Buffalo. So mm -hmm. I was able to get his contact information and make the connection and meet the guy literally the first week he was here before he even did anything and just introduced wow. myself and, and had a time to had a chance to pray with him right then and there when I met him and have been walking with him ever since that could not have happened any other way. That's so cool. So Kevin, I, I just have a quick question for you. For somebody like me, who's, I'm not involved in the NHL at all. I'm a fan. What can I be praying for specifically um, for you and your ministry or for the NHL as a collective or for HMI? Like what, what can I pray for specifically for you guys? I think the big thing is, you know, the guys that I'm working with and the staff I'm working with, they're leading by serving. They're leading by being the best teammates possible. Um, but there also is pers persecution. Like in the NHL, if you, again, this is just the generalization, but as I was talking to other chaplains and, and uh, just the, the people who lead HMI, faith can often be viewed as a weakness that you have to depend on something. Mm. Um, and if you're not, you know, you're not tough enough then if you have a faith because you can't. Why do you think that is? I don't know. That's, that's just the culture. I think it's just a hockey mindset, you know, and it's interesting because even the NHL today is different than it was 10 years ago. Sure. Where wow. not every team has a fighter. Like fighting was a regular part of the game. Hitting 
is hardly a part of the game compared to what it used to be. Even five years ago, um, they're still hitting for sure, but not like there used to be. Um, And I think that's because they want to protect players and concussions and, you know, season ending injuries. Um, But if you're a, if you're a hockey player, there, there's some, there is a kind of a, a, you know, this mentality of I can take anybody, I I can take the world. So so um, I think that's a part of it that if you have to depend on something, then you're weak. Mm. Um, so, and guys coming in, guys I'm working with, they're, they're leading by example. They're tough. They're great players. They're serving, but they let their play talk. And then the side conversations with their co-team, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're players, they're the fans, whatever it may be. They, they want to impact everyone they come in contact with. And that's why I just love working with them because of that. So yeah. just their competitive spirit, but get this humble attitude. Yeah. That's so cool. So for somebody who, who is in, you know, somewhat constant connection with NHL players, is there, is there a common misconception that maybe you've learned that somebody like myself has about NHL players? That's a good question. I I don't know. Again, I'm only, I'm only really half a season in. Sure. Um, Sure just learn the culture and, and, and what it's like. And I'm sure it's different at each, each city and each team. Um, but for the most part, everyone that I've come in contact with has just been so friendly. Um, Mm. uh, everyone from the organization, the chef of the team just says, Hey, come on in, hang out. This place is your place, um, to, you know, interactions with the guys I'm with normally and guys I just get to know on the side. I don't even know who they are necessarily. Um, you're still learning the guys. So, Oh man, that's awesome. So thank you so much for everything that you said today, Kevin, as we finish up today, do you have any final remarks and thoughts for our listeners today? Yeah, I, I think we kind of talked about this earlier, but that Jesus wants to use everything and anything to reach people. And, and sports is a major part of that. So whatever you're passionate about, if you dedicate that to God, even the sports you love, he will use that to draw people to himself. He will use his spirit in you to have people see how you play the way you play and, and how you treat others. I mean, there's so many parallels between a team and a selfless attitude like the best teams go further when you're doing it for the people next to you. If it's about you, mm. the team doesn't tend to do very well. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing I think is that God always has a plan and he's always preparing you for what he has prepared for you next. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't waste any moment, any relationship. He's got people everywhere in his kingdom and he loves to bring those pieces together at specific times for a specific purpose. And I've just been blessed to be able to kind of see that play out multiple times in my own life. Wow. That is so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing today, Kevin. I know that I definitely took a lot out of this and, and I pray that our listeners can take something away as take something away as well. So thank you for being with us today on the sweat room, Kevin. Sure. Thanks so much. Kevin. Thanks guys. Let's do it again. Wow. What an interview. That was so fun talking to Kevin and getting to hear a little bit about his new role as the chaplain of the Buffalo Sabres. I I think one of my reflecting points, Noah, was just how cool is that, that he was able to be part of 
uh, somebody's testimony at a young age by just playing football. And I know. That's so cool. On a little loop team and having the dad say, like, hey, I'll go to your church if you come play football. And Kevin being at a place where he's like, okay, that sounds good. And I'm sure his dad probably, you know, was a part of that discussion and everything. But just seeing how that one little, that one little, you know, step of obedience of playing football for a youth team. That's a great wager. It's a good way to get people to go to church. (laughs) Hey, you know, like if it works, then that's awesome. And playing football is a great thing. And that's, that's, there's no harm in doing that. So I think that's awesome. That's so cool hearing that. And just, you know, how awesome is that to be able to see God work in that way at such a young age? Like that's, that's so cool for Kevin to be able to have seen that so young. Uh, what, what about you, Noah? What, what are some of the thoughts you had? Yeah, there's a few like key things that he said that I absolutely loved. Well, just in the very beginning, even when he's talking about his little league days, just to, to him playing knockout with legends, like I, I love that, you know, I, I, yeah. so fun. You know, I would <laughs> go against those guys, um, sure. but I think just him just in his heart for people and just his posture towards that. He, he said, how can I give, how can I serve and be like Christ and ask, what do you need? and be listening to them. And, and that's just so powerful. And, and he just said, that's the posture of, of, of Christ in mm. listening to them as human beings. I, I think that's so powerful. And I know you alluded this to as, as well, but um, just when he talked about how faith can be viewed as a weakness in the NHL, that's just so powerful. And it just shows where there's not a lot of light and a lot of Christ's light within the NHL. I, I mean, what did you think with that, Bjorn? I thought it was fascinating in the comparisons between the NFL and the NHL and talking about, you know, and Kevin was talking about this, about how the culture of the NFL, of football in general, is that, you know, you go to college, college, you play on Saturdays, you've got Sunday, a lot of football players in the NFL and a lot of, you know, major colleges in Division One football, they're from the South in the Bible Belt. And so they come from families or communities that are focused around going to church on Sundays. And so that was integral in their mm. life growing up. Now, what I see as being really sad, and just the difference is, okay, the NHL, we know, you know, the schedule's different. They're not like a regular weekly schedule. Um, like he said, a lot of the players come from overseas or up north where going to church on Sunday may not be the norm. But what I think is really, really sad right. is that, our church culture is so focused about Sunday church. Mm. And if we can see the disparity between the NFL and the NHL based on a person's availability on Sunday morning in having this drastic spiritual climate difference between these two teams, like that hurts because that shows me church. What are we doing? If we're not able to connect with people throughout the week mm. or on a Saturday or throughout other aspects. And, and as we've talked about on this, this podcast before, the gospel changes everything. It changes what we do on Monday and Wednesday and Sunday. And where are we when our brothers and sisters that don't know Christ yet, when they need us? And part of that is this hockey culture. Mm. And that is what this organization, HMI, is, is seeking to do, is seeking to shine a light when there, where there is darkness. And they're trying to be the church 
where maybe we have fallen short in the past. And so I thought that was fascinating. And I know we could talk, you know, for, for a while about that, but, but what, what did you think about that? Just the differences between the NFL and the NHL, Noah? Yeah. I mean, there's consistency in the, in the NFL and it's more public and people see that, but I, I have friends who just play hockey and they say that all the time. They say the culture is very different from football to hockey. Mm. I've consistently heard that it is just so it's, it's so much darker and kind of like you said, it's like, well, they don't have time to go to church. Well, that's, I, I think it's a reminder that, that, you know, the church isn't just a building. It's we're the church. We, we mm. give Christ. And, yeah. and I, I love that HMI, that hockey ministries, like they're, they're reaching out, they're doing something about it. And they're like, no, we, these guys need it just as much as we do. Um, and, and I love that. And, and it's finally saying like, all right, we, let's, let's take initiative and reach out to these guys. And, and yeah, I, I, that's, I, I love that about, about what they're doing. So yeah, for sure. And I think for me, it's a reminder that ministry is not just the responsibility of the local church and the local church leaders. Now I, I believe strongly in the local church and I think it is integral to, to the body of Christ and who we are as a capital C church, but the congregation members, you know, are so important and our church leaders, our pastors, they can do incredible work for providing stability and spiritual formation opportunities for people. And largely that comes on Sundays because that is the schedule of our world. We revolve around this five-day work week and then a two-day weekend. And so, and that works and that is awesome and that is great. But how can we be the light where we are at? As a, as a public school teacher, how can you be the light in your public school classroom? As a, as a youth hockey coach, how can you be the light when you are coaching your players out on the ice? When you are doing whatever you are doing, how can you be the light of Christ in that area? It is not just the responsibility of our pastors to reach out and do this. Right. So I, that's, I guess that's a challenge for me as much as anybody. You know, I, I coach soccer. I coach a middle school soccer team. How am I being the light of Christ when I am in the middle school and on the soccer field? And that, that's a challenge because it's not just, it's not just what I do on Sunday. It's, it's what I say and how I act when I'm on the field or when I'm off the field, when I'm talking to parents, et cetera. It's, that is who I am and who I am because I am Christian ref, reflects who Christ is. Mm. but I, those are those are just some of my thoughts and i guess challenge to our to our listeners as well as to myself um but yeah anything else you had noah on on this interview today no i that was a great interview with kevin and it's just fun to hear just a little of you know the hockey side of things even to his little league days it, it was great it was just great to see a different side of kevin yeah, full his 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 spiritual walk and ministry life has come full circle, and that's been fun to see. And I'm excited to see just the impact he has on some of those NHL guys' life here in the coming years. Tune in next week to hear part one of our interview with former Pro Bowl linebacker Lorenzo Alexander of the Buffalo Bills. They were for a long time. I think there was a stigma around being a Christian in the locker room, even though you had guys like Reggie White. Um, that stood on his faith, and there was nothing soft about Reggie White, the way he played that game. Sure, I think it sure. had always been like a stigma, especially if he wasn't a Christian yourself. Thank you for listening to The Sweat Room, where we get it, got it, give it.
Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesley and Church. 